When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. I'm Simon Rose. He is Steve Kaplan. So what do you have for us? Well, I think the biggest science news, not entirely gadget news, but the science news of the week is nuclear fusion. Nuclear oh. fusion being... If it, when it eventually works, it will be the thing that solves most of the world's problems. So there you go. That's that's worth doing. Even better. Really? How to get your bank to answer the phone? It'll do that as well. Absolutely. Excellent. Oh, well, I'm all for it then. <laughs> so nuclear fusion, nuclear fission is about blowing things up. And it's mm-hmm. um, uh, dangerous and it causes things like Chernobyl and all that kind of nasty stuff. Nuclear fusion is joining the uh, the, the nuclear together which creates mm. far more power. So the joint European tourists, who I hadn't heard of, but who are based in Oxfordshire, of all places, have um, made 59 megajoules of heat. Uh, 59 megajoules, according to The Guardian, is the equivalent of 14 kilograms of TNT. Mm. According wow. to The Telegraph, it's enough to boil a kettle for 11 hours. So there you go. Right, you it's okay. Choose your well, at, least, at least they've got at least they've got a ready supply of tea there. At least they have. Um, and what happens is that it was a five second burst hmm. um, that heated uh, heated up to one hundred and fifty million degrees, which is ten times hotter than the centre of the sun. Right. Yes, that's warm then. Clearly, yeah. yes. Yes. Now the reason there was only five seconds is because obviously when something gets 10 times hotter than the center of the sun there's no container you can put it in for obvious reasons yes so they have to hold it in a magnetic field and um the 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 magnetic field electromagnetic field can't hold out for longer than five seconds but it's a it's a it's a very very important step um the fact that it used far more power to create than it put out is a bit of a drawback at this stage but presumably they are they are working on that. They seem very pleased with what they've done, so they, they consider it some sort of a, a further step along the way. Though, though, don't ever you know you shouldn't um, uh, completely disregard fission. But the problem I've been told with fission by more than one person who has worked in the nuclear industry is that you could use thorium quite happily for creating nuclear power, but there's no development in thorium because you can't use it for weapons. As a result of which, uh, most countries are not in the least bit interested. Well. But it's it's incredibly safe. I mean, so all the problems have gone with thorium, but nobody will develop it properly because it won't go bang. Hmm. Which I'm afraid says rather a lot about (laughs) mankind. Okay, well, nuclear fusion, excellent. Um, I shall continue just to use my kettle in the normal way for the time being. Yeah. Now then, which animals are attracted to red rags? Oh, well, I'm not going to say the obvious. So this sounds like a QI question. I am certainly not going to say you know what because a buzzer well, no, would sound. Oh, it is bulls. Obviously, it's bulls. Everyone oh, is it? Is bulls. Oh, is it well, bulls? It's not really bulls, but the red rags that look good for the uh, for the audience. The, the bulls are oh. something waving. But the other animal that is attracted red yes. rags is mosquitoes. No. And, uh, 
yes, apparently red clothes attract mosquitoes, and that's uh, because your skin looks red to a mosquito's eye. So they're first of all attracted to the carbon dioxide that you breathe out. Hmm. And they they uh, look around for the source of the carbon dioxide. If they see someone wearing red, they then they make a beeline or perhaps a mosquito a line. mosquito line. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so the answer to not being bitten by mosquitoes, or to reduce your chances of being bitten by mosquitoes, is don't wear red, or make your skin look less red, or make your skin look less red. Well, maybe that's why, as as a race, the Brits don't get bit, bitten as much by mosquitoes because they have rather whitey skin well i go red rather than brown in the sun so maybe that's oh. why i do get bitten by mosquitoes well oh. you need to sort of get some sort of i don't know other color stuff to put all over you before you go to bed well at least for all the bits that show apparently the mosquitoes that bite you are tend to be pregnant females so right. what you can get are devices that you strap onto your wrist that make a noise like a horny male mosquito, which is, of course, the last thing a pregnant female wants to meet. And it keeps clear. That's the idea. I don't know if it works. Oh, OK. And do, do you know how to make a noise like a horny male mosquito? And if you forgot the device, can you do it yourself? <laughs> oh, oh, I get the microphone there. I was trying oh, to slap. Oh, you just swatted the mosquito. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> OK, well, um, I don't suppose I get very many mosquitoes in London these days. You do get them occasionally these days, though. You but do, uh, yeah. yes, well, yeah. I'll know what to do then. Yeah. So if you're planning on getting beach body ready so you can fend off the mosquitoes in whichever right. hot country of your choice you, you go to, yeah. um, you could go to the gym and uh, build up your muscles. But it's boring. It's so tedious. I tried going to the gym and didn't like it. Oh, it I don't like the gym. Well, the out. thing I hate at the gym is the music they play. Or you can wear your own headphones. Do they play motivational sort of hip-hop type music? doesn't now? motivate me. Does it not? Well, a group of scientists in uh, Australia and Japan have discovered that lifting a dumbbell once a day for three seconds gives you significant improvements in strength. Uh, I read this, and then I read it again, and then I read it again. I'm a little bit sceptical. No, no, just you? reading about it for three <laughs> seconds a day doesn't do the same. You no, actually I have to lift the dumbbell. I realise, but you can't honestly believe that there's three seconds of lifting a dumbbell. Or apparently it's not the lifting, it's the lowering. It's the, some of the eccentric something yes. wanted, which is the lowering to below waist height from yes. the upright position. It's supposed to be the thing that's so useful, but it does seem very odd, and particularly useful for those who are... Of advancing years, they said. So, well, we're all of advancing years. <laughs> well, well, I suppose that's true. The the ones who've already got more advanced, where uh, there yes, are probably fewer exactly. or declining years, perhaps one should say. Yes. Yeah, well, maybe. Well, are you going to try it? I think I might give it a go. Yes, it's worth a try, isn't it? Because you're not much of a sort of gym person in the normal. I'm not kind of much of a sort of. But gym even person. you might be able to find three seconds. I could probably find three seconds at least once a day. Yes. Yes. Though presumably if you do both, well, it depends whether you use dumbbells or a, a complete thing. But if you use dumbbells, you're going to have to do six seconds because three seconds for each arm. Uh, yes, unless so you do already. both at the same time, of course. Oh, I suppose that's You could true. save yourself three seconds a day that way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In a, in, a, in a week, you still haven't saved yourself a minute. I mean, that's Brilliant. extraordinary. Yes. Well, we shall have to see. Um, it does seem, that does seem utterly, utterly... Um, in, in a week, you've saved yourself 21 seconds, yes. just, just to get it accurate here. Well, assuming you exercise on weekends as well as during the week. I tend only to do it during the week. But you don't need to know that. Let's have one of these.
so. On to developers at the University of Oxford who have invented a smart window. And this is a window that can be tuned to either emit or to reflect heat. Oh, that and is quite it, smart. That's very smart. And it does this without any change of visible light. Isn't that clever? And they reckon it would reduce costs of heating and cooling by up to a third. You want to know how it works, don't you? You're not going to use some phrase that I'm not going to understand. But yes, well, of course I want to I am, Of course I am, because that's what I do. It uses a calcogenide-based material that changes phase in response to heat. And I read that and I thought, I don't know what calcogenide is. So I looked it up on Wikipedia, which told me that calcogenide is a chemical compound consisting of at least one calcogen anion and at least one more electropositive element. So now you know. Well, yes. Well, let's so explain I this thought, clearly. Yes. What is a calcogen anion? So I looked up calcogen again on Wikipedia. It's very easy to disappear down the Wikipedia rabbit hole, <laughs> yes, isn't it? Yes, yes. Um, and calcogens, spelled spelt chalcogens, but pronounced calcogens. You see, that's mm. such is the depth of my scientific understanding. <laughs> yes. Um, it turns out they are group 16 of the periodic table. Now, group 16 of the periodic table, in case you didn't know, includes uh, five elements oxygen, sulfur, selenium, tellurium, and uh, polonium. So I don't understand what kind of group could include oxygen, sulfur, and polonium. But, but there we well, go. Well, I failed everything to do with chemistry at school and gave it up. About the only thing I know about the elements is in the form of the Tom Nera song about the elements. So don't ask me. But I, I like yes. the idea enormously. It sounds I hated chemistry useful. at school. The, the uh, chemistry questions at school seem to be along the lines of your uncle gives you a, a, a vial containing a colourless, odourless gas. How do you yes. work out what it is? And of course, the real question is, when your uncle gives you such a thing, how on earth do you write a thank you letter for it? Yes. Well, if he gives it to you, why don't you just ask him what it is? Save a lot of time. Save a lot of time. <laughs> I, should have, I should have put that and I might have done better in my chemistry O-level. Mm. Mm. Well, let's move on, because the smart windows, presumably you're going to tell me um, it's not yet ready for sale to the public. It's not yet ready for sale to the public. Yeah. I mean, we could say that in just about anything. Oh, apart oh, from true. the next item, which is ready for sale to the public. Right. How about that? Um, but you have to go to Japan for it. Now, Japan hotels, they're not cheap. Uh, but uh, there is uh, a single room at the Ryokan Asahi Hotel in Fukuoka. Mm. Um, which is yours for just 100 yen a night, which is 64p or thereabouts. Well, seems quite reasonable. I'm assuming there's a catch. Well, the catch is that the room contains a sleeping mat, a TV, a kettle, a coffee table, and a camera. And the condition of being in this room is that you must allow it to live stream you for 24 hours. That doesn't seem too onerous for saving... Well, presumably it's a lot no. of money. Uh, no nudity is, is allowed. You have to get changed in the bathroom down the hall. Right. Um, and there's no sound. So um, it is quite a cheap way of staying there. And the people are using it to sort of promote themselves with written messages they're holding up to the camera. And, and they're doing mm. things like pouring tea for, for hours on end because they like their tea ceremony, don't they? Mm. Well, that seems Hempted. strange. But given, given that you, you did a piece about how people were actually sleeping in their cars in Japan about a year or so ago. Absolutely, yes. I'm assuming this is a rather better option. Certainly. Well, they have those pod sort of coffin hotels, don't they, in Japan? Have you seen those? I'm not into Japan. The, uh, they're the kind of sleeping tube that you might see on a science fiction spaceship. Right. And you sort of crawl into them 
pull the curtain and you have mm -hmm. a, a sort of measure of privacy while mm -hmm. you uh, try and get a, a decent night's sleep. Very odd. Yeah, don't think I like the sound of that. Um, but we shall pause just for a moment with one of these. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Gadgets and Gizmos on Share Radio. I'm Simon Rose. He is Steve Camplin. Uh, what are we going to tell us about now? Well, on to the news of the world's biggest walkthrough kaleidoscope. I hadn't realised there was there were any walkthrough kaleidoscopes. Uh, no, perhaps this is the only one. But like, I think, okay. Well, which it is, is de facto the biggest, yes, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, it is, has been installed at a tech conference in Saudi Arabia. It is six metres high and 40 metres long, which Ooh. is really very long. Um, all around the outside are mirrors, uh, except for the floor, which is covered in LED panels with geometric design. So walking through it must be a remarkably disconcerting experience while you've got these things whizzing around you. But of course, you can see yourself rotated above your head multiple times. It looks very good. I've never, I don't think I've ever actually had any experience with the kaleidoscope because of that sort of children's toy when I was very little, which gets boring very, very quickly. Well, I have a problem with kaleidoscopes. My problem being that when I was at seven years old, I uh, took part in a spelling test at school mm. and I got every word right except kaleidoscope. Mm. Uh, and I said to the teacher, well, how do you spell it? And the teacher said to me, well, go and look it up. You try <laughs> looking up kaleidoscope in the dictionary. We think it begins with a C. Even if you think yes, okay, that is K-A-L-E-I is not something you're going to guess, is it? What, how one can remember spelling tests from school? I can remember getting 19 out of 20 on a spelling test. I got coffee wrong. Though at least I spelled it with a C. <laughs> Did you put an extra V in it? The Trump uh, method? No, I, I can't actually remember how I got it wrong now. Um, still, you know, progress. I know how to spell it now. Excellent. <laughs> well done. You still don't drink it, though, do you? <laughs> Um, oddly enough, person. yes, yes, no, I, I, I have an occasional coffee, but yes, yeah. I prefer tea, as any sane person would. So the thing about the world's biggest kaleidoscope is, of course, the yes. weight of all that um, all that glass. In fact, the weight of the whole thing. The oh. trouble with building big structures is, is the weight. Well, scientists at MIT, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, have developed a material that is lighter than plastic and twice as strong as steel. Which is good, isn't it? It also takes six times as much to force to deform it as bulletproof glass does. And it is waterproof and gasproof. It's made from, obviously, a molecular plane of interlocking polymers, but then you probably figured that out already. Yeah, yeah. tell me something I don't know. Yeah. Um, and presumably it's not in the least bit recyclable. I don't think they've got as far as trying to oh, recycle right. it. And they've given it the name 2DPA-1. Well, that'll certainly catch on. Absolutely. These scientists, they really need a bit of marketing <laughs> expertise, don't they? <laughs> they do. Whereas the guys back at um, uh, at Oxford who, who'd who um, developed nuclear fusion, of course, they were already in there because their their um, acronym is JET. It is JET, exactly. Like the, like the Wings song. So, yes. Was it Wings? Yes, I think so. So um, which, which Wings song? Leaving on a jet plane? That's no, it was oh. Suffer a Jet. Jet, Jet, Jet. Oh, Suffer Jet. Suffer Jet City. That was David Bowie. 
No, no, this is, well, I'll look it up later. People okay. don't want to listen to this rubbish. I'm probably got it wrong. <laughs> they do. They love listening to this rubbish. That's why they tune in for the rubbish. Let us well, move on. Talking of rubbish, yes. let us move on to our crowdfunding time of the week. Okay. Has this got and something to do with rubbish? Is that one of your great segues? It's not. That was a rather oh, weak segue. Oh, that would have been this great. one okay. might not be rubbish. I don't know. It's very hard to tell. So this is on Kickstarter. Mm. And it's to do with the fact that, you know, everyone's talking about the metaverse and um, augmented reality and virtual reality and all those things, where you can see and hear, but of mm. course you can't touch anything. Mm. And that is a big problem. Or is it? Have a look on Kickstarter for Emerge Home, which mm. adds touch to virtual reality. So it's a device about the size of a, of a small laptop, which creates ultrasound waves up to three feet above it, which apparently simulate touch. Mm. Um, and they've made an Oculus Quest app mm. for it, uh, where you can meet your friends at a kind of virtual beach and your friend is played by a remarkably horrible cartoon avatar. Uh, they must get around to fixing that one of these days. Mm. But the idea is you can reach up and you can touch their hands. I don't know if you can touch other bits of their anatomy. That wasn't specified in the... Uh, oh, I suspect it won't be long before that is possible. I'm sure that won't be long. Uh, and they also have hand-powered games that they are uh, they're putting out on it where you can wave your hand and move things around. You're going to try it. You've got you've got well, Oculus Quest. The thing is, it's on it's on Kickstarter. It is uh, the early bird pricing is four hundred and fifty dollars, which is apparently three hundred and thirty three pounds. I'm told, which is a rather neat sum, which is a lot mm, for something. It's Obviously, there's no way you can try it out before you before you buy. Yes, it. that's an, um, a substantial outlay. I'd I'd want to see it first, even if I end up spending a little bit more for it. I'd want to well, see if it it's works. It's not just the seeing it, it's the feeling it. And surely. it's the feeling it, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. If it works, it could be a good thing. Um, who knows? Anyway, you've got uh, take a look. Yeah, you at talk about, of April. You, you talk about everybody talking about the metaverse. This is a different definition of everyone than I'm currently aware of. But you think many people are talking about it, or is it just Facebook or Facebook as was? It is Facebook, and every tech journalist is banging on oh, about the metaverse okay. these days. Right. Okay. Of which I'm afraid I have to count myself, at least as far as this show goes. Yes, yes. Okay, but what now? Something well, down to earth? Something down to earth. Um, scientists in Singapore have developed a COVID breathalyzer that uh, they reckon is 95% accurate and gives results in five minutes. And it does it not by identifying COVID, but identifying the volatile organic compounds that are, are produced when you have a COVID infection. Oh, so I think a very useful. good thing. Seems yes. very useful. You'd want to make sure you give it a good scrub after the last person tried it. But I uh, guess that's true. Yes. Just thinking about that, what, what, yes, what about existing breathalysers? Not that I've ever had to blow into one, but yes, you sort I've of wonder who had it last time. I think they have disposable cardboard tubes on them these days. Ah, okay. I bow to your yeah. superior knowledge. Well, not I'm always, just, but I'm in, this guessing, in this instance. In this instance. I'm just guessing about that. They might not, but I thought they, they probably do. Okay. Um, on to Hampshire County Council, who are rather resenting uh, the fact that they're having to spend uh, £190 for each of the concrete bollards they mm. install. Uh, so they found that they can only spend £150 uh, for bollards made of sugarcane. 
Wow. Yes, wow. Well, if you come out of a party and you're, you know, yes. need a quick fix of something, I'm licking yes. up a bollard would just, be, would be work, would work. I wonder what it? happens when it rains. Do you not think they've thought of that? They probably have. I would like to think they have. Maybe it doesn't rain very much in Hampshire. Sugarcane, of course, is the basis for PLA, or uh, polylactic acid, which is what 3D printers will, uh, will oh, print in. Well, I didn't know that. Oh, my 3D prints are fully biodegradable. Apparently, I haven't tried biodegrading one, but they're made of sugarcane, so they must be. I've tried licking one. It doesn't taste of sugar, which is a shame. Oh, it's, yes, it's a pity. It but a then, pity, on the yeah. other hand, if you had a sweet tooth, you'd find all the things you'd printed in 3D would soon dissolve away. They'd have nice smooth surfaces, though, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> unless, your dog, unless your dog had licked them. Yes. OK. Yes. Uh, I think we might have deviated slightly from the subject on the card. Perhaps we, yeah, perhaps we did. <laughs> so well, where now? Well, let's go on to um, electric cars. I suppose you haven't mentioned electric cars for... Oh, nearly a week now. Right. Yes. Um, and um, the problem with F with electric cars is, of course, you have to charge them up. Mm -hmm. uh, and they use quite a lot of power to, to charge them up. But what if you've got a power cut? How can you then charge your car? Well, it turns out if you had a Ford F-150 Lightning, which apparently is some kind of electric car, mm -hmm. and you have a power cut, then this car can power your house for three days. Well, that sounds fantastic. It does sound fantastic, assuming it's fully charged when you drive it home. Of course, it can't be fully charged when you drive it at home. Because you've just driven it home. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you drive yes. it home, charge it up, and then when you get the power outage, you cut it now. But it has a 131 kilowatt hour battery pack. But that's quite impressive, because one of the problems with electricity as a, as a mm. power source is the fact that it's so difficult to actually store the stuff. It's yes. not too hard to generate it, but once you've generated it, you can't hang on to it very easily. No, so this is well, useful. Well, we've talked about several ways of storing electricity, mm. including giant cranes. Cranes with big blocks, yes. Blocks. I, rem I remember that. Which I think yes. is we haven't heard much idea. more about that in the intervening four or five years, have we? We haven't. We haven't. Maybe, mm. maybe it just wasn't worth the effort of building the cranes, yes. or indeed yeah. the concrete blocks. I don't know. Okay. I thought that was quite a nice idea. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and finally, um, teaching children to write is, I mean, I, I have taught my own children to write, and it's quite mm -hmm. a laborious process because they will insist on holding the fen pen in some bizarre fashion. So mm -hmm. how do you make them hold it the right way? And the answer could be Caligo, which you haven't heard of because it's a brand name. And Caligo is a smart pen. And it, uh, it's a German-French co-design, and it senses the position and the angle of the pen. And the neural processor then assesses it. Started off as a, a stylus that you would use on a tablet. The mm. tablet would do all the processing. And now it's all built into the pen itself. So it's a proper ink pen. Um, but it somehow alerts the children, I suppose, to a smartphone app. I, I, don't like to think of it giving them electric shocks, but maybe it does. <laughs> That'll learn them. That'll um, learn them, exactly. Uh, God, that's extraordinary. Well, we've had two smart things that actually do seem quite smart. Today. We do, yes. yes. Smart you window and a smart surprised. pen. I mean, well, I, I feel you want to go through the list of everything we've done in the last sort of seven or eight years or however long it is, 355 um, shows, and, and work out some of the smart things, I mean, like smart fridges, there were others that are just totally bonkers. But these yes. are smart 
this is this is a good use of the word smart i feel at last yes you found something on the show that's useful (laughs) yes sadly i don't think i'm going to get see a smart window or a smart pen anytime soon but i have enjoyed hearing about it and all the other gadgets and gizmos in this week's show we'll be back with yet more at the same time next week my thanks to steve kaplan is it a gadget is it a gizmo no it's gadgets and gizmos with steve kaplan and simon rose